They can travel anywhere in time and space. Right. This is gonna be fun. Up we go. Into time and space! Welcome to Time and Space, the Nerd Party's dedicated Doctor Who podcast. I'm Jessica Nunn. And I'm her husband and co-host, Philip Gilfus. Well, it's been another week, busy for a variety of reasons. We haven't got a chance to do a lot of Doctor Who. We've had a lot of life happening. Yeah. <laughs> life has been happening, yes. Yes. But one thing we are at least getting ready for Yay. is Gallifrey 1. And there's been a new announcement about uh, guests. Yes. And who are you excited about now? I am excited because Catherine Tate's going to be there, as is John Barrowman. Yes. So, some great companions um, from Doctor Who, or, you know, leads in Torchwood, at least. Yep. And, of course, certainly famous and talented in their own rights. And so, I decided that to, to splurge a little, and so we're going to be getting some photos with Ms. Catherine Tate and with Ms. Pearl Mackey. Yes. Yep, which I'm very looking forward to. Very much looking forward to. It's exciting. And you're getting ready with your, or at least your mom's getting ready. Yes, my mother is in the process of working on the Dalek dress. The Really, the only thing it needs at this point is the Dalek bumps, and that's sort of my responsibility at this point. Um, I have to paint them black. Awesome. Before they can be attached to the dress. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am a little concerned about... Transportation. Tra- transporting it... We'll have to sort of... On an airplane. Simulate. Yeah. We'll have a practice run and... Whether and, it's maybe carry-on versus checking and all that stuff. Yeah, maybe. That's worth thinking about. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. With the Dalek bumps, that'll be an interesting transport. So if we have any cosplay or listeners who... Travel on airplanes for cons. Let us know any of your packing secrets. Yes, yeah, any recommendations. Now, they announced a couple new guests today, which I was going to oh. talk to you about, but then I was like, I'll just save it here. Um, not necessarily thing I think you'll be super interested. We don't, we don't really talk when we're not on the microphone, we do we? No, we let the cat talk for us. <laughs> Since sometimes he's very loud. Mm-hmm. But, um... You know, it's actually not Doctor Who related yet. It's still going to be at Gallifrey One. You know, one of the things they're going to be celebrating is 25 years of Babylon 5. And so they announced that the three of the guests will be, now if you get their real names correct, Mira, uh, I can't remember her last name, Ferline, Ferline, but anyway, Delenn. Oh. Um, Patricia, I don't know why I'm coming, Patricia Tillman, who's Lita Alexander, the redheaded telepath. Yep, yep. And then Claudia Christensen, of course. I, Susan she Ivanova. She goes to everything. Yes. So that, that, they're going to have those three ladies. I'll be very excited if we get Bruce Boxleitner. <laughs> I think he's busy filming Supergirl right now. I would be up for that, <laughs> though. Yes. Um, it would be uh, meeting Scarecrow. How could you not be excited <laughs> about that? <laughs> well, that'll be fun to indulge some Babylon 5-ness there, so... But yeah, and they they announced some other uh, guests as well. No one exactly jumped out, um, but I think it will certainly be exciting. And we're still expecting one more announcement, right? Well, this was well. This, well I don't know if this was the final one because this, this was today. Oh right. Oh okay. Uh, yeah, so I don't know if that's the final or not. Um, and then I think surely if that were gonna if if their top billing 
announcements were Catherine Tate and John Barrowman. Mm-hmm. They would have. They would have. Yes, obviously, mm-hmm. and and Pearl Mackey. Uh, they would have switched it and done the Babylon announce first. I don't know because they announced some other folks too, but I don't know if people necessarily pop out um, at you. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'll, you know, but anyway, but I don't know. It being fan run, I assume it's not you know a corporate strategy. Yes, that's everyone's true. bought their tickets. You know, at this point, it's not like you're attracting anyone. You're just getting people excited about what they're going yeah. to be experiencing yeah. already. Fair enough. So, Fair enough. Yeah, I'm so, so excited. I'm not going to go to anything. I'm just going <laughs> to sit in the bar and let them come to me. <laughs> that's my plan. <laughs> there is something called lobby con, but you may be doing bar con. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very. Come to me, people. <laughs> I will buy you beer. Um, and then the, uh, I don't know if you've been on Twitter lately, but it seems like today or the past two days, there's been sort of a um, meme, if you will. I don't know really call it a meme. I always think a meme is a picture. I don't think of it as a conversation thing. But anyway, it's been sort of name a controversial Doctor Who opinion or something like that. Oh, okay. No, I Which that. I think is always funny because people are always like, I'm going to say something controversial is just like something that's widely accepted or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, I happen to like this episode. I'm like, well, lots of people do. Yeah, but okay. probably. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, like, I think Martha's a good companion. I'm like, yes, okay. Well, <laughs> that's, that's brave. Was that yours? <laughs> and, yeah. I always say people say that, I don't know, like, I think the... General thought is that Martha is a undervalued companion, and I was like, mm-hmm. I've, I've never thought that. But, but it, you do it, love it, yourself a little bit of Martha. Yeah. But anywho, so what's your controversial Doctor Who Doctor Who opinion? Um, I, I'm not a huge Tenet fan. Oh, that is controversial. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like I don't like them, but like, I mean, I don't like them as much as everyone else does. Oh, I love Tennant. Yeah. I, th- I think you're a terrible human being. I mean, like, if we were doing just the modern who's, putting aside Jodie for a second, because, you know, I mean, where we can include her doesn't matter. But anyway, but, like, I'm Smith, Eccleston. I mean, you know, Tennant's better than, than Capaldi. Or at least I should say doctors, not as actors, but, you know, um, you know, 10's better than 12. But, you know, I'd say new who. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know because I don't know where I'd put thirteen right now. It's no, I still it's, need it's some time to think about it. I mean, she ha- she's not cracked my eleven status yet. He's he's always still my my tops. And I don't know nine just always has a certain dark attraction to him. So this the the, the bro- not even brooding because he's funny too, but you know that mixed thing. But I don't know. We're going to talk about doctors here in a second. So <laughs> let's not go through all of it because that's that's what we're going to be talking about today. Is concluding or. Uh, well, I say concluding, we'll see how it goes, but at least continuing our discussion of the 13th Doctor and comparing her to her previous incarnations. In last week's episode, we went through Doctors 1 through 5 mm-hmm. and sort of left it at that. And so now we will start, I guess, at 6. Yes. Yes, the 6th Doctor, your personal favorite. Yes, that's not at all true. <laughs> <sighs> So, so because you are not a six fan, mm-hmm. can you draw any parallels? They both have colorful clothes. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was one of the things I thought about. <laughs> to be honest, um, you know, sort of fun- funky trousers. Yes, uh, I don't think she's tried to strangle any of her companions. So not that's yet. Out. Not yet. There's still time. No, I mean, I'm I'm trying to think. You know, there's a lot of I don't eat, like I order the. To be positive, what are the best qualities about six other than just being loud and boisterous and abrasive and egotistical and all those things? Um, <laughs> positive, positive. Yeah. We're looking for positives, darling. Well, I think he has a, and I know this is going to be a, a 
pejorative way to say this, but he has a self-righteousness. But, I mean, like, I'm thinking of, and I know you haven't seen this, but the, well, you've seen one episode, but you may not remember off the top of your head. But anyway, um, The Trial of the Time Lords, his sort of last serial. Right. You know, his last series was just a serialized series. Um, and, you know, where he's basically standing up to the Time Lords, saying, you know, we look at all these... You know, all the villains, the Daleks and the Cybermen, we should have stayed right here. You know, saying you're the worst of all. And, and you know, he, he does obviously stand up for what, or he does have a belief system. You know, mm. he does believe in right and wrong or, you know, or, or what's fair and all that stuff. And so 13's whole, you know, fair play throughout the universe, her mission. So, you know, because I think like uh, the classics, you know, 13 sort of has a smaller mission. Yes. You know, to just land someplace and fix what's wrong and not make a big brouhaha about it. Mm, Yeah. Uh, Well, and that's the issue with it being a, um, with each episode being standalone, Mm -hmm. you you sort of get that impression. You don't get the overarching uh, making the universe right again or whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah, anything I'm missing from Six? Yeah. Because I, I was say, you know, we actually have watched a lot more Six than I would care to admit. Um, <laughs> so it's not like you haven't gotten a chance to see him in action, so. No, that's true. I, I'm sort of, and I don't know if I've just been influenced by you. I don't know if you've manipulated me. <laughs> As um, all marriages. <laughs> um, into not being the biggest fan. Well, but... I, I, not to speak for you, but I think Perry doesn't help for you. That's true. Yes, I do not like Perry. Mm-hmm. I just can't. I just can't and don't want to. So there'll be this moment at Galley where you will talk to Colin and I'll talk to Nicola. Yes. We, yes. Yeah. She's going to be awkward the other way around. She's going to show up at my bar con <laughs> and I'm going to be like, no, off you go, pet. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, if you're trying for an American Put your accent, boobs away. this is how you would need to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no. But thank you. Yeah. No, and I, and I do want to give, it'd be interesting one time to try and watch, I don't know, it's probably a lot of episodes, because they're each serial in the larger serial of Trial of the Time Lords, because it does give you a nice taste of that. Mm. And then the Valyar, which is an interesting villain character, because I actually think the person who plays that character is going to be at Gallifrey, I think. I want to say that. I'm not 100% sure. Um, the Valyard was the sort of the prosecutor of the Doctor, and it's supposed to be... I'm going to get this wrong. Someone's going to yell at me, I know. He's supposed to be an amalgamation of the 10, 11, or 11, and 12. I can't remember. Incarnations of the Doctor. Um, so, of course, you know, this is back then. So yeah. Uh, hard to predict that. But anyway, so it was huh. an, inter- an interesting thing. An interesting thing. So Okay. Yeah. So, well, let's move on to one we, well, I don't know, I feel, if I, I know him better, maybe you do or do not know him better. The Seventh yeah, Doctor. To an extent, yeah. The Seventh Doctor. Yes. Severus de McCoy. Um, what, what, what do you think? How, how does she relate to Seven? Or does she not at all? I think that, I think that Seven's relationship with Ace. Ace. Um, is reflected in an extent to 13's relationship with her companions. Mm-hmm. This sort of professorial, much more, you know, when she's doing the science stuff and things like that, but also the way she wants to sort of take care of them. Yeah, because I think with Six, of course I'm going to criticize him, with Six, you know, Mel and Perry were assistants, like if we're going to use terms in Doctor Who. Whereas Ace 
Well, Mel started out with him, but I'm going to concentrate on Ace. Ace was his companion, and he was one who would steer her in many ways, but also allow her to be her. Yes. Because he'd be like, are you carrying those explosives you're not supposed to be carrying? And she's like, yes. And he's like, well, go ahead. You know. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, you know and, and so I think it is sort of, I don't, I don't know if Ace is really like any of the 13s companions, because he's more more personality than yes, you know. Yeah, yes, doesn't have the chance. Like the moment but, you know. where the doctor leaves Graham and Ryan to make the choice about whether or not to oh, kill in the finale, not a finale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Tim, the battle of um, love. Yep, that's the one. Yeah. you know, but yeah. that sort of trying to guide them to the right decision, but also giving them the space to make that decision themselves. Yeah, because there is a bit of, and I know this is, again, another pejorative way to say this, an indoctrination the doctor's doing with her companions of teaching them to be nonviolent and to be to avoid guns. Because, you know, it's sort of like if you're in the TARDIS, you can play by my rules, which she hasn't said that explicitly, but implicitly she said that. Yeah, with, Sort absolutely. of with a smile and a, you know, yeah. and a, but it's sort of like we have rules here, you know. Yes, so, yeah. 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 Well, she and tells Graham that if you do that, you know, if you, you're not going to... You can't. Yeah. Yeah. You can't hang out with me anymore. Exactly. I'm not going to be friends my, with you. My friends talk to your friends. Talk to my friends. <laughs> She's just having Taylor Swift moment. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, the seventh Doctor, which I don't know if you've seen necessarily enough of as far as the end part where he's a little more conniving about things that he's actually really manipulating Ace about. But anyway, in a good way, at least from his perspective. Um, but a little darker. But I don't know, maybe... But that's his latter series, I don't know, or latter episode serials. And so again, with 13, we're still getting to know her. Because I think 7... I, I haven't shown you for Seven's first ep- a serial, which is pretty horrible. But it has the Ronnie, if you remember her. Yeah, yeah. But like, he's just sort of this more clownish character, spouting proverbs. Like, he's not the more seventh doctor we come to know so yeah it was a show you still takes a while to fill people out well i was just gonna say maybe we should go back and look at first season oh yeah our first yeah appearances yeah. yeah and and see how the doctors changed and what we might be looking at in terms of change mm-hmm. changes yeah indeed well let's move on to the eighth doctor Paul McGann. Yes, you got to flip the page in our guide, oh, sorry. darling. Okay, it's our cheating. I mean, I feel like I'm 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 on board now. I don't need to remind myself <laughs> quite so much. Well, you know, and, and of course, with what we've been doing with Big Finish, we're going to be doing the larger Eighth Doctor, not just TV movie Doctor. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if Ooh. that's allowed, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th- I feel like we make the make the rules. I mean, yeah, it's our right. bloody podcast. <laughs> So, yeah, with the Eighth Doctor, um, who I'm a fan of. I am really a fan of. It'd be hard if I actually... I, I forget when we did our uh, Doctor ranking how I, where I put him on the list. But but he's pretty high. He's obviously, you know, in the... What, there's 13? Yeah. He's in my I top six. I don't remember where we went, yeah. how, where we put him either. But, yeah, I mean, I think listening to Big Finish has continued to increase my... Um, Regard mm-hmm. for the Eighth Doctor, definitely. And I think, I mean, a lot of it is Paul McGann. Not that I've seen him in a lot, a lot. I mean, like Luther, and then I feel like maybe something else where he does kind of tend to play 
I mean, it's just maybe the voice, but he, I mean, cause he's not like an overly masculine character, mm. you know, he's not the tough guy. He's not the, but he is sort of the heartful, the heartful, soulful. Heartful's not a word, yeah, baby. It is now. Oh, okay. Uh, well, it's hearts. <laughs> we, we make the rules. Heartsful. Hearts. Heartsful. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> so, um, but, but, and, and I think. You know, that's 13 in a lot of ways. I know a lot of people I've been talking to say that 13 is a lot like 5. But I think it's a lot like 8, too, if you go into the big finish. He has mm-hmm. that sort of one who's who's very, you know, just the way he talks. But, you know, he's he's he certainly can be troubled and, and, and angry. But it's always sort of very down here. And thoughtful. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't really raise his voice often, you no, know. No, no. I know I can't picture that, really, from, from 8. Mm-mm. And if he does, it's more of a dramatic, you know, why? You know, I don't know. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah. So I think they, they do have some of the, the heartful, compassionate. Stop saying the word heartful. <laughs> it's not real. Heartsful. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> uh, yes, very compassionate. Still, I mean, I think in Big Finish, there's still so much, even from what we've heard from him, that we don't know. Right. Or that he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And he's prepared for that. You know, particularly if you compare him to somebody like Six, who seems to know it all kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. Eight questions a lot more. He is and more the, the philosopher. The, the, yes, yes. He's not Oscar Wilde, but I, you know, the Lord Byron, the whole that sort of thing, that image he gives off. Is it the outfit? It's the outfit. Yeah. Right yeah. But, yeah. you know, it does a lot. An outfit does suggest a lot. Tends, Ab- yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Just like Six's outfit tends to suggest a lot, and yes, it's hard to e- overcome that. Even though, I mean, it's an interesting, because Eight's outfit is supposed to be similar to Wild Bill Hickok. Yeah. Which is completely different. Yes. I'm interested as to why in the film, and maybe it's because it's an American film, that they wanted to go with an American, American reference. reference rather than, yeah, like an Oscar Wilde or mm. something like that. Because long hair, kind of. Yeah, that could go either way, really. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. I mean, that is also very uh, Old West. But. Yeah, but I mean, you think mm-hmm. uh, it, there's nothing, and maybe at the same time, maybe that's part of it as well, to offer the dichotomy between his Wild West, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, outfit versus his actual self and his demeanor. Because I think, you know, we, one thing we haven't heard other than seeing the end, um, you know, he was the doctor during the Time War. Yes. Um, and, you know, we just saw the end, but he was avoiding the Time War, basically, mm. or at least the edges. He, he didn't want to fight. And, you know, I, I wonder how the 13th Doctor would, would be like, because, you know... I don't want to say she's not a fighter, but, you know, I feel like that would be similar to her. That, it's it's one of the, you know, we talk about, we, we men have run the world for so long, and there's been all this war stuff, and women would do it differently. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's some real truth to that. It, it, you're right, it's not that she's not a fighter, but she's always going to search for something else before it before she goes physical. Mm-hmm. Um, physicality, physical fighting is going to be sort of the bottom of her list. Yeah. I, was, I forget if it was the battle 
episode or whatever it was where like Ryan's like, I thought you said no God. She's like, well, I had to ease you into it, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Usually. But. We set we set the boundaries and then we fudge them a little bit. <laughs> then we look for the gray. Yeah. As it were. Well, speaking of the gray, the war doctor. The man who did anything and everything the warrior and who warrior. was going to do it all. To save the universe. I love him. Yeah, I mean, he's. Uh, we can get in without knowing more of his adventures, and there actually are. I was a little bit surprised because um, you know, with Big Finish, we're honest, obviously just you know, touch the tip of the iceberg with that. But there is John Hurt does have some War Doctor. I mean, the late John Hurt um, has some War Doctor episodes. Oh, I would not be opposed yeah. to listening to some of those. And I was, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, you know, I didn't know if he would, you know, do that. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it was such a big. I yeah. mean, who was it? Was it uh, Moffat that talks about um, when they were putting it together, and they were like, you know, somebody like John Hurt, <laughs> and then they were like, can we get John Hurt? Is that <laughs> yeah? Oh. And then they were able to, and yeah. so for them, for then for him to go on and do Big Finish, uh-huh. that's, I just think it shows the, the beauty of the Who family, mm-hmm. if you will. And that he is an actor who likes doing things. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Also uh-huh. true. Yeah. If it, uh, you know, maybe a bit like uh, Alex Kingston, you know, if mm-hmm. I'm available, yeah, I'll uh-huh. do it. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't appear to be... I mean, the, the audio appears to be, you know, a couple of days in a studio kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. So it's not particularly onerous Get to read. Either. It's all good. Yeah, you don't have to <laughs> memorize anything. You don't have to go into costume and makeup. You just have to stand in a booth with a cuppa. And then I have to imagine the director is going to be like, uh, yes, Mr. Hurt, let's do that one again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless. Um. I think 13 has, beneath all of it, I think we've seen it in places, this old soulness mm-hmm. that we see in The War Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily, and possibly as we move forward, we're not there yet, but talking about nine, mm-hmm. this hauntedness. And it's not as haunted for 13 but it's still this knowledge i think does that mm-hmm. make sense yeah i mean and i also think in the um i'm forgetting episodes now untitled but the frog one where you know she's out there with the other universe and um i'm trying to think of, i'm not gonna remember the name anyway she's there with the frog in the universe i mean but it's sort of a uh you know she'll sacrifice herself or, or, you know, be the frog's companion, if that's what it takes to send everyone else home. And, mm, yeah, you know. so the self-sacrificing, because ultimately yeah. that was what the war doctor was doing, wasn't yeah. it? Putting himself, making himself responsible for this end. Because he, I mean, was it, he said, you know, I don't expect to survive, and then the moment was like, well, then that will be your punishment, you will survive. Yeah, mm-hmm. but carrying that on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Like Atlas or something. Yeah. Well, let us make the formal move into New Who. New Who? Yes, with the Ninth Doctor, Christopher Eccleston. Young Master Eccleston. Yes. yes. She has a sonic screwdriver. <laughs> she does. They're both gray. They're both gray? Yeah. Oh, the sonic screwdrivers. I was like, <laughs> no, they're not. They both have uh, informal clothes. Yes. Yeah. 
Nothing too costumey. Cash, yes, if you will. Yeah. They both went for comfort with their costumes, which was smart. Yeah, <laughs> which was smart. So I, I think in some ways, uh, thirteen and nine have that mix. Um, you know, thirteen mm. doesn't hasn't shown any dark side as of yet, but you know, whereas nine had sort of the troubled side and the funny side and the serious you know he was a, a kind of a, a an equal parts almost mix of all these things mm-hmm. whereas i think you go into the other doctors and they're a little more one than the other after this and i think 13 so far seems to have that mix you know mm-hmm. funny compassionate teacher serious again she doesn't necessarily have the dark part or anyway the troubled part but you know it's nothing is two in one direction with her yeah and there have been moments, like when they were trying to escape from those weird scarf wraith things, mm-hmm. and they were calling her out for something. Mm-hmm. We don't know what it was, but there, there's there's depth yet to be explored. Mm-hmm. And I think that Nine was, I mean, I think Eccleston was lucky enough to get it in his first season. Mm-hmm. Whether that's through his own performance but also through the writing and and finding that depth. I would love, love to see some clips, some behind-the-scenes stuff from that first season. Because it is, considering it's it was even newer than Jody's all-change <laughs> um, production staff. I mean, this was... Building from the ground up. Building from the ground up, yeah. And his only season it was his first season so mm-hmm. he didn't didn't have a chance to settle into everything and yet as you say his season was really solid really solid and i i, I would just love to know what what led up to that mm-hmm. what sort of discussions were had in production meetings and writers rooms to to get to that place to give it as much strength as it had. Yeah, that's been one frustrating thing. I mean, I'm not usually a, a hard media person, but I basically once I started with Doctor Who, I'm just working my way backwards now. But I have seen, you know, in, in Walmart, any every place, obviously, that has box sets. You know, they have the complete nine and the complete ten. DVD. Together, though, right? And, but DVD. Uh, uh, which I'm not disparaging DVD, you know, just because I have a Blu-ray player doesn't mean I don't exist, you know, DVDs don't exist. But it's, you, you just, still have a VCR, yeah, exactly. you're never letting the DVD player go. But it's not going to have the extras. Right. Yeah. Yes. And so, which the, you know, complete Smith and Capali. So, like, I don't know, you know, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know the reason why there's not a complete 9 and 10. Because you got to put 9 with 10. And, I mean, you can do 9 and stone itself, it's just going to be a very it's small. It's going to be a short pad. one, yeah. And again, I don't know how much extras they have. So, yeah, I mean, did they do say, the Doctor Who Confidential? For I don't know him? without having to look it up. Yeah, I know there was sort of like there's been like four different fans, you know, different kind of those series, you know, like there's a Confidential and there's the Fan Show, and then there's like they had different right, versions yes, of the yeah, thing. I so I guess let's move on to Ten himself, since we mentioned him. Yep, by David Ten. <laughs> you make me sad. Uh, she has a coat that's long. That's right. Good running coat. Hero coat, I suppose, oh, as yeah. they say. Yeah, good flip coat. Yep, excellent. So, I mean, you you, you love Ten so much. <laughs> Why don't you talk about him? Yeah. I think she's got a lot of the heart that mm-hmm. Ten had. Ten felt things quite deeply. Mm-hmm. And I think we see that with her. 
Yeah, especially, I guess, with her first episode near, near the end when they asked about her family. And she's like, well, they're still with me, you know, as long as I keep them alive. And- yeah, yeah. And I always felt like with with Tennant, there was just this undercurrent of not even sadness, but feeling. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. They're just... And empathy, maybe, maybe that's that's what it is. Empathy to the point of sadness, right? At times, well, and he lost a lot of people. I mean, I don't know, you know, if we actually did the numbers, but it, when it comes to people he would encounter in episodes, companions or pick up companions, all of you know, all the spe- his <laughs> and all the specials, all his companions die at the end, you know, all yeah, that. So. John John Smith loses the woman he loves. Yeah, yeah. Ah, so maybe the biggest thing that 13 has in common with 10 is death toll. That's right. Maybe. But, yeah, I think, I, though I think 13 relates to her companions better. I think even though 10, you know, runs ost- away with one of ostensibly his falls in love with one of them. Um, but I still think there's always a distance, you know, him and Martha. Of course, he, you know, he's in... Uh, What's that word? You know, he's just broken up with someone, so he's yeah, yeah. So rebound territory. Yeah, he's in rebound territory with Martha. <laughs> Martha's uh, his rebound. Yes. Oh man. Um, and you know, he and Donna obviously are mates. Um, and that's it. Yes. That is it. That is it. Donna makes very sure of that. <laughs> I'm not mating with you, alien boy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but I, I, you know, he's not aloof or anything. But I always feel like. He does play the last of the Time Lords a little bit. Um, yes, and it weighs very heavily on him. Mm-hmm. In a way that we also saw with Nine, right. but more protected, but more protracted because we have him for longer. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, and then we see him alone, like when during this, after Donna leaves, and we have sort of the specials, and he's sort of alone and just has his pickup companions after that, so... And then, you know, the way he's sort of in this end of time when he has uh, Wilfred as his companion talking about what it's like to die and all that stuff and facing death and all that. So he the more morose. Yeah. You know, so. Sad. Yeah. So I, mean, I can see the similarities, but I can see how they're a little different as well. Yes. Yeah. He's a man. <laughs> that's, that's one of the differences. Well, speaking of men. Uh, the eleventh Doctor. I'm not sure Matt Smith. Matt Smith's a, a boy, <laughs> <laughs> a, a young man at best. The physicality, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, he would, you know, he doesn't exactly use his uh, sonic screwdriver as a magic wand, but wouldn't put it past. But him. if he had thought of it, <laughs> totally would have. Mm-hmm. Totally would have. Yeah, not quite as. Um, I mean, and I've said it so many times, Matt Smith's physicality, this whole impression of being like a, a, a cult almost, mm-hmm. trying to find his feet. Um, she, do, it, she doesn't have it quite to that extreme, mm-hmm. but absolutely. And the sheer joy at times, mm-hmm. um, which I really enjoy. Yeah, I think with 11, you sort of start, I mean, 10 started a little bit, but it wasn't overwhelming. I think 11 starts to get to this bigness of the doctor, the man who commands an army. And, you know, and that's mm. not 13. No. Uh, at least not yet. No. Um, and so I think she's the more 
small scale adventurer, if we can use if I can use that term. Whereas you know, Eleven's a little more big. Yes, um, and I think that to an extent, Thirteen's small scale is a reaction to mm-hmm. you know. By the time we got finished with Eleven, we had just gone through so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so overarching. And um, so I think that we get the, the, this as a reaction to that. Mm-hmm. But And I think the, the he obviously has so much heart for Amy and Rory. And Clara. Yeah. He and Clara were best together, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And so I think that's obviously the same way 13 relates in a heartful way to her companion. Yes. Yeah. I know, I heard. <laughs> now, now you just take a drink every time. Yeah. <laughs> One has to do something mm-hmm. to get through the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cause I'm just trying to think of how you know Eleven changed over time. But yeah, again, I always thought, and I've said it before, I'm sure, You know, I do love how Smith portrays the old man and the young man's body. You know, He has that, mm. I've lived a thousand years look in his eyes. But I'm still not 100% sure how these particular feet work. <laughs> exactly. But he just he does have the intimidation factor, which, you know, is hard to pull off at that young of age. But. Well, and especially when your character has that floppiness. Mm-hmm. You know, his, and again, and Matt Smith definitely ranks at the top, towards the top at the very least, if not at the top for me. Um, but that ability to be floppy and goofy and, and I'm falling all over the place and I don't know what's happening and things are flying in the air and I don't know what's happening, but you stay off this planet. It is protected. Mm-hmm. And just that, it's just beautiful. It really, really is. It's just, a, it's a skill. And I think Jody has some of that. Mm-hmm. Or the 13th Doctor has some of that ability to... I'm having a great time. This is fun. We're fam. I'm not sure. You know, I'm going to stick my finger up my nose to take my temperature. Mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, well, again, I, off the top of my head, I still can't. Not that she needs to have it. Or maybe she does. I don't know. She hasn't had that intimidation moment yet. No, the she I'm, hasn't I'm yet. a time no. lord. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And I agree. I think she does have to have it. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, th- th- this is me. Personal message to Chris Chibnall. She needs to have that. Yeah. She has to have that. Yeah. You know, sort of, because it's interesting how, other than the Dalek, I can't think, uh, I'm probably going to be wrong when I say this, I can't think of a time when the the aliens have that they've encountered um, have thought, known what a Time Lord is. And so it's not like she's not bringing the, like, oh, Time Lords, huh? Well, the reputation yeah. in, yeah. Which is fine, because I get it, that's the whole purpose of that Series but, and, 11. And is to we start talked from, about it at yeah. the time, with, even with the Daleks, when she says, you know, don't you know who I am? And it wasn't this clear moment uh-huh. of, yes, yes, I do. Uh-huh. So, so, yeah. yeah. Alright, well, let's talk about Grumpy Pants. Um, Twelve. Yeah? Yeah. So who who we've reevaluated often on our, on our repeated reviewings. Mm-hmm. So I mean, very different, I think, in, in many respects. Uh, she's she's a hugger, I think. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but and I think I said this 
last time or the time mm-hmm. before. I don't know. It all blends together. She is a direct result of him. Mm-hmm. You know, his last words, be kind, mm-hmm. be kind, mm-hmm. and don't eat pears. <laughs> and we've not seen her eat pears. That's true. And that seems to be the guiding light in this season is be kind. Mm-hmm. And I think she's, she appears to work hard on that without actually calling back to what happened in the mm-hmm. regeneration. Yeah, I think, you know, of course, 12 went to the ends of the earth metaphorically uh, for Chenna. That's not her dog. Uh, for Clara, <laughs> Clara. sorry. Um, you know, and of course that was maybe an unhealthy relationship, and that's why it ended that way. But, you know, it goes to how far the Twelve was dedicated to his companion, singular. <laughs> um, which I think, you know, Thirteen feels probably the same way about hers. Yeah. You know, she's going to, you know, go to, obviously, nothing has necessarily come up um, yet. but And then I think with Twelve and, and Bill... Um, you know, that was a, an interesting dynamic. So Well, and he was at that point trying to take a step back, mm-hmm. you know, based on what had happened with Clara. He needed to step back from that mm-hmm. and be more professorial. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really, if you look at 12 and Bill, you've almost got a 7 and Ace a return to that sort of boundaries set kind of thing. I mean, I guess, I guess one thing that I can, that is sort of similar with 13 and 12 is 12, how 12 looked at Missy, his optimism, his hope that he could save or redeem her or whatever. And I think that's obviously very 13 to see the best, to see the hope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So even, even as much as grumpy as 12 could be, you know, with, you know, sniping at Nardole. Uh, and he does snipe at Bill. But, you know, have his little comments. And she just sort of took it because that's just 12 being 12. But yeah. but I think the way he was with Missy was a very unique relationship of how he was treating her. Yeah. And I think he has a lot of the thoughtfulness that mm-hmm. we see in 13 as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, which brings to 13. How is 13 like 13? Ooh, what a meta question. <laughs> well, um, we've been talking a while, so we won't get into this last question, because that might be uh, either a whole episode yeah, or something. Yeah, I was going to say. Because one question we had written down was, is the Doctor the same character, um, or is something going on during regeneration? I mean, obviously there is. Um, something going to regeneration that's just different aspects, or are we just fooling ourselves and they just cast different actors and writers and we just try to make it all make sense so, I don't know. It's a question to ponder. Yes. Yeah, send us your uh, comments on that, because we will come back to this. When you close your eyes... I go to the library. Go to the library now. For this TARDIS library segment, we are doing a semi-late holiday special, because it took place during New Year's as well. Yes. Was it actually a holiday special? Well, it came out 28th December, 1981, and we are, of course, talking about, depending on how you want to label it, the proper episode title is A Girl's Best Friend, but as most people know it, K-9 and Company, the aborted first spinoff of Doctor Who. So is this the only episode? Yes, yeah. It was basically K-9 and Company was going to be the series, 
and this was the pilot episode and just didn't catch on for whatever reason but they're like so they didn't even do a full series maybe the sarah jane character is still someone (laughs) we can bring back and the canine character as well Ah, that's why it's it you know continues well there you go and how much longer after canine and company debuts does sarah jane the sarah jane adventures I mean, it's a while. It must be. 30 years. It can't be that long. 20 years. Possibly 20 years. Well, I mean, yeah. Doctor Who's not going to come back until 2009, or 2005. Wow. And so remember, she, then she gets sort of, quote-unquote, reintroduced in with the 10th Doctor. Yeah. But that was his first year, I think, um, with a school reunion or whatever the yeah, it was Yeah, it had to have been his first year because it had Rose. Because remember, still. she showed him yeah, she showed yeah, like yeah. K-9, and then from there, I think we went with... Sarah Jane. Yeah, it was a long break there, but the world never forgot Sarah Jane. That's terrifying. So like 25 years later. Yeah. After this. So I will read the synopsis. I'll be honest, Elizabeth Sladen aged beautifully. Yeah. So for the synopsis for this episode slash special slash whatever you want to call it. Sarah Jane Smith is looking forward to a quiet Christmas with her aunt Lavinia in the sleepy village of Morton Harwood. When she arrives, she finds her aunt missing and a surprise gift from an old friend waiting to be opened. Sarah, canine, and her aunt's ward, Brendan Richards, are caught up in the affairs of a mysterious cult who practice the black arts and are preparing for a human sacrifice. So, to me, uh, I mean, I enjoyed this for the most part. It's not great. But I, but I, it, it's like a classic who in that as long as you like the doctor and maybe the companion, then you're, you'll go through the story, whether it's good or not. And Sarah Jane and Canine to a, an extent sort of made it watchable. Yeah. But it was sort of like, uh, and it was also very classic who. Of course, it's classic who era. That makes sense. But it, yeah, you know, it's sort of a classic who. Um, but it also is sort of like classic who meets Dark Shadows, I suppose. Yeah, it's small small town witchcraft who do. That's always fun. Yeah. So it's actually, I don't really don't almost, because it's also, like, the plot is very thin. Like, oh, it's sort of, there's mysterious people and they're in a cult and they attack the ward who's not Robin. He doesn't actually become Robin, I don't think. Really? Yeah. Which is disappointing. I thought Was all that, wards yeah. became Robin with Batman. But, or if you're. But, uh, yeah. And so, I mean, he wasn't, you know, the ward wasn't much of a character. But I guess it was sort of. In, in the classic writing, you need sort of have a dominant and a non-dominant case. So Sarah Jane is the dominant character, so the word yes. oh, yeah. has to sort of Very be her sidekick. So. Very much so. And I didn't really understand uh, when Sarah Jane's aunt goes missing, but she wasn't really. No, she just left and didn't leave a note. Yeah. And so... She's got things to do that whole premise, in America. That whole premise is flawed. Right. But yeah, in the meantime, and because, you know, the majority of the villagers want good crops, and so they all are involved in this witchcraft, satanic cult, whatever. And so you don't know who the good guys are and who the bad guys are, because they're all hiding under robes and things like that. Uh, Reminded me a little bit, what's the episode where the people are all in the room? Is that a Sarah Jane episode? Doctor Who, they're all in the room and they're chanting things. And oh, that was a. Uh, oh yes, okay, it's going to come to me. It's going to come to me. Yes, it was a third Doctor episode, if I'm not mistaken. I think it maybe it was his last episode, um, Planet of the Spiders, where that had the cult people yes, with the spiders. You might be right. Yeah. 
Yes. And the the because you had Unit and you had Sarah Jane and you had yeah. I was thinking you had Sarah Jane. I think Jane. like Sarah uh, Jane was in with the third Doctor. As yeah, well? that's when okay. she yeah, she began with it. All right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was that was yeah sort of yeah. They were all and the spider would appear and they would yeah. And the one guy got spider powers or something. Not like Spider Man. <laughs> different spider powers. This is not in the Spider Verse. <laughs> or the Batman Verse, apparently. Right. I mean, I don't even know. I don't know. That one felt a little bit more boarding school cult, mm-hmm. um, you know, secret society kind of thing. But yeah, yeah. similar idea, a little bit of a trope. Yeah, it I, all turns out fine. And I, maybe I feel like I missed that. I may Hashtag have to watch spoilers. Canine and Company again, but. Hey, oh God, that theme song is the stuff of nightmares. Didn't we just watch K9 and Company? K9. 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 I'm like, ah! <laughs> Maybe that's why. Maybe kids just ran away from it as soon as it started and yeah. never got a chance to get off the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also just see more of a more soap opery than a doctor you know, that, i mean doctor can some the classic who can sometimes happen not as much mm. i mean i guess there's a lot of drawing room drama but still it's it's it just seemed Meh. yeah like and not that you need aliens but it did seem mostly human didn't it oh yeah 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 very much so. i feel like if you're this first episode of canine company it needs to be an alien one well you got canine i guess he's technically an alien yeah though i do have to feel like that'd be just a, a stuff of nightmares of from production of like a how are we going to make this dog move the whole Yeah, well, when we watched, yeah, the thing that we watched where they were talking about, you know, getting K-9 to move across a smooth floor was easy. <laughs> getting him to move across a gravel parking lot or have the ability to actually get into the TARDIS <laughs> over the lift of the, the box. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it might have been that the production team went, no. Can we just do End Company? Yeah. <laughs> what a show about Sarah Jane! Yes, that's it. The, no, not for another twenty-five years. I do have to be like with Sarah. We're bringing Sarah Jane back. Oh, is she in the title? No. Um, <laughs> so it's like second billing. Uh, I mean, she's in she's there. She's a companion again. She's in the mix to the tin dog. <laughs> to the tin dog. I could be like a canine and company. Let's just, I mean, I guess yeah. they're going for a cuckoo sound, but I mean. Yeah, and it, it but that didn't, that wasn't played out. No. Canine was not the, the star main of the character. show. No. It's absolutely Because again, Jane. it's impossible for him to be. Yeah. Unless, now, well, 80s would be fine. I was just thinking, car, well, I don't know the state of British cartoons at this time. Um, yeah, I got nothing. But an animated canine would have been interesting. Huh. You know, okay. for kids. I mean, like, yeah. 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 I don't know how much animation was going on. We had, you had stop motion and things right. like that, but. I think, and, and again, this is my cultural ignorance, so all you British listeners can hate me now. But like, all I think of when I think British, and it was like Danger Mouse or something, but I don't know yeah. what, what the. Interesting side note, mm-hmm. I've been watching Victoria. Okay. And you know who's in it? Who? I mean, obviously, Clara. Right. But. Also, Sarah Jane's son. Luke. Luke, yes. Okay. I was thinking Nick. That wasn't right. <laughs> yeah, he plays one of the servants. Oh. Every time I see him, I'm like, look, it's Luke. He's an alien. Look He's out. an alien. Look out in Victorian world. <laughs> but it's okay because, you know, let's be honest, Clara Oswald, something's not right about her either. If you watch closely, you'll see Clyde in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or just the eleventh doctor <laughs> popping around a corner <laughs> with floppy hair. Mm, Bless. 
All right, darling. Well, if folks want to talk to you about how 13 relates to all the different doctors, where can they reach you? They can find me at One Phoenix Theater on Twitter. And if folks want to talk to me about how I'm trying to figure out my cosplay for Galley, <laughs> um, they can contact me on Twitter at NC Public Servant. Well, until next week, we hope you will spend time reading, watching, and listening to the Doctor's adventures throughout time and space. This is BBC Television.